we took a little break as Jesus went through uh, what we call the Lord's Prayer. But to kind of get us back on track, Jesus has been talking about three different subjects. Uh, the first is prayer. And we, he was saying, look, when you pray, don't go out into the streets and show everyone you're praying. Let it be between you and your Heavenly Father. And we talked about the fact that that's not meaning we can't pray out in public at all, but it's where our heart is. The other thing we were talking about was giving. When we give, what's in our heart? Do we have to let anybody know? Or do we have to make a big deal about it? Or how, how are we doing in our humility when it comes to giving? And this week, we're talking about fasting. And... Uh, if you look at the different kingdoms, the kingdom on earth and the kingdom on, of heaven, those three things from an earthly standpoint, prayer, giving, and fasting, don't make any sense. Because if I'm just focused on the kingdom of earth, why would I need, who am I going to pray to? Why would, I, why would I care to pray? It's a waste of time. I could be watching the game, right? Giving, why in the world would I let any of my hard-earned cash go to some church where the pastor might, you know, buy a Jaguar and, you know, put a personalized license plate on it or something. Why would I do that? If it's just the kingdom of earth, it doesn't make any sense. And this week we're talking about fasting. Fasting makes no sense from a kingdom of earth standpoint. And so with these three things, uh, Jesus is talking about where our heart is. God wants our heart. Doesn't want our money. Doesn't want our prayers doesn't want us to give up stuff for him if our heart's not in the right place. And so that's what Jesus is talking about. One of the ways that uh, we, Jesus talks about it is, uh, I mean, in Romans, it talks about the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and the Holy Spirit, and, and joy in the Holy Spirit. And the kingdom of earth is eating and drinking. It says it like here in Romans chapter 14, verse 7. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. And so what Jesus wants us to do in this section of an audience of one is really connect the kingdom of earth with the kingdom of heaven. That we aren't just focused down here. We're not just living our lives, just trying to struggle. And so we do these spiritual things, but really connect to the heart of God. Uh, when Jesus was talking about the seeds that were being sown, some of them fell on rocky soil. Some of them were picked up by the birds. But there was one seed that... Uh, actually took a little bit of root. But check out what happens. In Mark chapter 4, verse 19, it says, But the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, and the desires for other things come in and choke out the word, making it unfruitful. What happens is the kingdom of earth, all the things of the kingdom of earth, things we eat, things we watch, things we try to accumulate, it chokes out that connection with the kingdom of heaven. And then our lives become unfruitful. And Jesus is saying, no. Don't do it for any other reason than to grow closer with God. So our scripture for today is in Matthew chapter 6, starting in verse 16. And it's the same kind of pattern he's been doing with both prayer uh, and with giving. And he says this, When you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show men they are fasting. I tell you the truth, they have received their reward in full. But when you fast... Put oil on your head and wash your face so that it will not be obvious to men that you are fasting, but only to your father who is unseen. And your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And what was happening uh, at this time where the Pharisees would fast twice a week on the second and the fifth day of the week. 
That just happened to be when the markets were open. So uh, now in the, in the Talmud, which is the commentary of the Old Testament for the Jews, they would say the second and the fifth day were because Moses went up the mountain on the second day and came down on the fifth or vice versa. I can't remember how that works. But, but uh, Jewish history tells us that, yeah, that was the case in the beginning, but then it turned into let's have our market at that time too so that when I walk into the marketplace, I can, oh, man, oh, boy, yeah, really tough. Things are really tough right now. Well, I'm fasting. I just happen to be fat. I don't know if I mentioned that, but I'm fasting. It became a game, a show. And we talk about this idea of a hypocrite being an actor on a stage. I mean, that's the real thing, is that what we're trying to display is something that's not really in our heart. It's an act. They wanted something other than relationship. The Pharisees wanted something other than relationship. And we do the same thing, don't we? When it comes to fasting, sometimes I, if I fast, it's to grow closer to God. But in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, I wonder when I step on the scale tomorrow if, that'll, if I'll be any lighter. That would be a nice little byproduct of a fast. Missing out on a growing relationship with God. It becomes something else. I did some, uh, some internet research on books on fasting. And uh, these were pretty cool. Uh, this one is called Juice Fasting and Detoxification. So you got that special benefit when you fast. You can't see it, but it says, use the healing power of fresh juice to feel young and look great. On this one, lose weight, have more energy, and be happier in 10 days. That'd be cool. Uh, that's a good a 10-day fast. It says, take charge of your health with the master cleanse. Right? That's a good one. Here's a spiritual book on fasting. Fasting for financial breakthrough. Okay. So you fast until just, it just starts rolling in. I don't know what happened. My bank account, it's going crazy. I, I don't know this guy, and I'm not, I don't want to come down on him. It actually might be a great book. I don't know. But I was thinking if I wrote a book on fasting for financial breakthrough, uh, I would cover such topics as, why am I such a moron when it comes to money? You could really fast and try and figure that out with God. Or uh, if I stop eating, can I pay for my kid's college? Uh, that, that's fasting for financial breakthrough. I'm going to take all the money, I save on food, and I'm going to put it in the bank. There's another one, the fasting handbook. This is pretty good, just in case you were fasting and didn't know what do I do next, right? They have a little handbook from this guy, Jeremy. I don't believe he's a believer. But in the book, he's got some fasting assistance. Because the fast by itself isn't enough. There's some assistance that you have to have here. And uh, the first one is yoga. So if you are fasting and you do some yoga, that makes the fast a little better. Uh, Meditation is another one. Skin brushing. Does anyone know what skin brushing? You don't need to raise your hand out of (laughs) pure humiliation. But I... I don't know if you know, while you're fasting, you're kind of just brushing your skin or if it's an actual soft brush. And you're, I have enough hair that I could actually do skin brushing and it would actually have another thing. Massage, that's another one. Chai Kung, never heard of it. I think of Chung King when I'm fasting, but not Chai Kung. And the last one was remembering. 
I don't know what remembering is. Maybe like, I remember what a steak tastes like, and I can't wait till I'm off this fast. There's teas, special fasting teas if you're fasting. This is yogi tea. Not yogi bear, but yogi tea. And I love this description. In 1969, Yogi Bahan, I think that's how you say it, an inspired and inspiring worship leader. Can you get, oh, sorry. Can you get any better credentials than being inspired and inspiring all at the same time? He would teach a class afterwards. He'd give them some tea. They called it yogi tea. And I don't think they saw this pun in their, in their stuff, but it was a grassroots endeavor. I, <laughs> Hey, I, I don't get it. So here are some of the things we think about when we talk about the fast. Weight loss, right? Quickening your mental processes. Lower blood pressure. Look and feel younger. And of course, uh, detoxification. Wow, that's cool. Some byproducts of uh, fasting. We have a new segment in our, uh, in our sermons now. Uh, not all of them, but some of them. Uh, called Joey Talks Too Much. And uh, it's basically Joey Vargas and Jean Vier going into the uh, malls and asking people some questions. So we got that right now. This is for, uh, this is for your enjoyment. Very cool. So the one lady says, to reconnect with my son that I gave up for adoption when I was 16. I mean, that's a lot to get for missing a day of food. One guy wants to ride in. You missed the one guy. I wish it, we're, we're working on the sound for the next one. But one guy, his thing was special powers. Was it magic powers or special? Magic powers. <laughs> I'd fast for magic powers. <laughs> I mean, write that down in your note. Magic powers. Wow, I didn't know they were there. 
I want to give us some quick things of what the Bible says about fasting, and then I want to rock our world with some uh, things that rocked my world. First of all, the Bible doesn't command fasting. Nowhere in Scripture are you going to see where it commands a fast. There is, we'll see on point three here. He did talk about fasting for the Day of Atonement. But there's no command. Jesus doesn't say, you know, you have to fast. It's expected, but he doesn't say, the Bible doesn't say you have to fast. The Bible doesn't provide a time frame for fasting. We talk about a 40-day fast. We talk about a one-day fast. We talk about these different things. But these are just examples that we've seen in Scripture. There's not uh, any specification on how long we should fast. There's no time frame. The only prescribed fast was on the Day of Atonement. Of course, when Jesus died on the cross, we have no more Day of Atonement. That was the Day of Atonement. Our sins are atoned for. And so... um, Uh, you could make a case then, well, if that was the only prescribed fast, then we don't need to fast anymore. But here's the thing I want us to see. Fasting is never done in a vacuum. What I mean by that is fasting is not a thing in and of itself. And this is one of the ways where uh, uh, I've always kind of been like, I'm going to have a fast. I'm going to, next Tuesday, I'm going to have a fast or whatever, or one day of no food or whatever it is I fast. Now, here's what I want to do. We're going to be looking at fasting a little differently, but I want us to understand that the way I've been fasting or we've been fasting, the ways we kind of talk about it, one, one time I did a media fast where I fasted all media for a certain number of days. None of those things are biblical, but I'm not saying they're wrong. The Lord doesn't sit up there and like go, a media fast, I don't see that in the Bible I wrote, you know. Get out of here. Why don't you go do a real fast? Anything we do to grow closer to God, he honors that. And so I, I'm, not, I'm not talking about throwing out the way we do fasting. I'm just saying I think we need to reconnect with it the way that it's connected with in the Scripture. And so I, I want us to take fasting to the next level this week. And there were some things I saw in the scripture this week as I was going through this that really made me um, wonder, well, what have I been doing? Because what I've been doing doesn't match up with any of the examples. They, they might, in, in fact, like I went without food for a period of time, but my life, things didn't look like they looked like for those people fasting. Fasting for me has always been an event, it's always been a kind of a discipline, something you do. And uh, I'm going to propose to us this morning that uh, maybe that's a little incorrect. And I just want to encourage us to however you view fasting. I mean, maybe you've never fasted before. And maybe it's time just to take a step of faith and go, all right, I'll give up breakfast <laughs> or whatever. Or, you know what, I'll, I'll try a full day of food. Or for those who've made a full day of food, I'm going to try two days of food, Right. We'll try all those things, but in the, when we do that, I want our focus to be on these next three things that we're talking about. The first thing is, uh, fasting is connected to some type of spiritual anxiety. When you look at all the different uh, examples in the Bible, there's now, I don't mean anxiety. We, we talk about be anxious for nothing, right? I'm not talking about that kind of anxiety, not spiritual worry. I'm talking about spiritual turmoil. There's some deep-rooted feeling that's taking place during the fast in almost every single example. 
that was one thing that a lot of times is missing from my fast. I'm not really connected at a spiritual turmoil level. And so it says, you know, in the scriptures, you say, you know, be anxious for nothing. So you say, well, it can't be anxiety. I'm talking about that connectedness with your emotions, a connectedness with what you're seeing at this in this kingdom and bringing it to this kingdom. Saying, Lord, this is what's going on here, and I'm deeply troubled in my spirit. This takes place during a fast. And it's not necessarily that the fasting brings that on. It's almost the opposite. There's a sense of, of, Lord, I can't do this. I can't even eat. It troubles me so much. We look at fear. A lot of times in the scriptures, people are fasting because they're fearful. You know, maybe the Lord's just handed down, uh, you know, well, let me tell you what's going to happen. The Medes are going to come in. They're going to wipe you guys all out. And all of a sudden, oh, man, no. It's sackcloth and ashes and fasting and tearing the robes. It's not an act. They were truly connected with that fear of we're going to be completely wiped out. In 2 Chronicles 23, it says, Jehoshaphat was afraid and turned his attention to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. He was scared. And he's like, we've got to do something. We've got to connect with God or we're going to be wiped out. Another example is mourning. Mourning. When David was mourning his, his son's uh, death, he was fasting. One of the better examples we see is in Esther. What happened is Esther was queen and, and, and uh, some bad people encouraged the king to put out a decree that they were going to kill all the Jews. And this Jew Mordecai found out about it and was just, I mean, could you imagine? All of a sudden we find out that, you know, the mayor of Garden Grove <laughs> is going to kill us all, right? We'd, get, we'd be like, oh man, and this is what happens. Check this out. It's a little uh, long, but watch this. In each and every province, there was a command and decree. Uh, where the command and decree of the king came, there was great mourning among the Jews with fasting, weeping, and wailing. And many lay in sackcloth and ashes. Then Esther's maidens and her eunuchs came and told her. And the queen writhed in great anguish. She sent garments to clothe Mordecai that he might remove his sackcloth from him, but he did not accept them. There's a sense that she says, Pull yourself together. No, I can't. Have you ever sent, have you ever had someone in the hospital? And and it, it's a some tragic thing, and you get there in the morning, and you're there all day, and everyone's and you can't eat. You're fasting at that point. You're so troubled. You're fasting. You say, "Well, wait a minute. I'm fasting. I never declared a fast. That's not what it is." In the Greek. When you look at this word for fast, it's a combination of two words, without food. That's what it means. That's all it is. You're just going without food. Now, in some cases, you may do that on purpose because you're you're just trying to reset yourself. You're trying to connect this kingdom with this kingdom. In other ways, there's such a spiritual longing for God to move that you're not even hungry. That's the idea. And so uh, Esther had it that way. She was writhing around and upset. Humility is another thing that we sense during a fast or we fast because of this sense. But when you look through all these examples, there's this deep 
connection with God on an emotional level. Now that's something that is often, often missed when I fast. When I fast, it's the going without food that causes me my turmoil. It's the opposite. I go without food, and by the time dinner comes, I'm like, okay, I'm not going to be cranky, right? I get all upset, or I'm, oh, I'm hungry. Oh, I can't wait for tomorrow. And that becomes the thing that I'm focused on. In all biblical fasts, it's the opposite. There's something going on during that fast. David said he humbled his soul with fasting. He just went before the Lord and was like, I'm nothing without you. And he just felt that yearning for God. And he fasted. Listen to Daniel's prayer. I'm not going to go into the whole thing, but it's in Daniel chapter 9. He wanted to hear from God. He so wanted to hear from God. And he knew that his sin and Israel's sin were standing in the way of God moving. I'm just going to read you some of the statements Daniel says in Daniel chapter 9. We've sinned and done wrong. We haven't listened. We have not obeyed. We've sinned against you. We have sinned. We're wicked and rebelled. We have sinned. All Israel has transgressed. We've not turned from our sins. We have done wrong. We've turned away from your commands. We've rebelled. We've turned away. We've not obeyed. We have sins and iniquities. I mean, as he's, he's talking, these things just keep popping up. And he's, 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 he's troubled from it. His sin is weighing him down. The, the people's sin is weighing him down. He's troubled. There's a connection between what their sin down here, how it's really affecting the kingdom. I miss that in my fast a lot of times. You know, spending that time really connecting. Now, my sin's covered by the blood of Jesus. Thank you. But really connecting with what impact is, is, is my sin having on the kingdom, where it really deeply affects me. The people of Nineveh, when Jonah finally got to them, and the light went on, and they said, oh, man, we are. God could just wipe us out. They fasted. It was, it was a response to that sense of longing for God. Look what happens. Jesus says this. Watch this. is very important. Then John's disciples came to him and asked, how is it that we and the Pharisees fast, but your disciples do not fast? Okay, they're saying, look, we fast twice a week or whatever they were, the Pharisees were doing or whatever John the Baptist. They were, it, we do this event of a fast and look at Jesus' answer. How can the guests of the bridegroom mourn while he is with them? Did Jesus not hear the question? Because they weren't talking about mourning. They were talking about fasting. They said, how come, how come you got, you, your disciples don't fast? And Jesus says, how can, there be, how can they have this deep, sense of mourning before God to have a fast. And he goes on and he says, the time will come when the bridegroom will be taken from them. Then they will fast. Then they will, there'll be a, 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 a need for God. Right now, I'm with them. They want to they know something. They want to connect with God. They just, I'm right here. But when I leave, there's going to be a sense of, oh man, we need God to do something big. And they'll connect with it then. 
one of the other examples of this is in, when Jesus fasted in the desert for 40 days. So Jesus is beginning his ministry now. So you can imagine what's going on in his mind. He knows what his mission is. He knows why he was sent. He knows the opposition that, that he's going to receive. He knew the chapter in Isaiah that said he was going to be a man of many sorrows. So you can imagine when Jesus is being led in the desert by the Holy Spirit, there's a connectedness with what's about to take place. That he's going to have three years of seeing the most amazing things anyone's ever seen, but also experience some of the worst things someone's ever experienced. And it says in both Matthew and Mark, after he had fasted for 40 days, then he became hungry. I've always taken that to mean that's because Jesus is bad. And he could go 40 days and not be hungry because he's super Jesus. He can do stuff way better than I can do it. And there's probably an element to that. But imagine if it's something different. And I'm, all I'm trying to do is take you down the journey I went down this week. I'm not trying to say I was there with Jesus and I know exactly what he was going through. But what makes sense to me is 40 days of Jesus connecting with his father. Totally connected with this kingdom that he t- completely ignores this kingdom. He's so into We've got to get this done. I need your strength. I can't do this on my own. I want to be connected with you as we were connected before I took on this human form. And after 40 days of being tempted and going through all this thing, he went, man, I'm hungry. It wasn't just like, I'm going to go without food and be hungry to show my heavenly father I'm serious about this. I believe it was the opposite. He was so connected on the kingdom of heaven, he totally neglected the kingdom of earth. He says again with the woman at the well, they say, hey, Jesus, why don't you go get something to eat? And Jesus says, I have food you don't even know about. And they're like, what? Did you go shopping when we were gone? How'd you do that? Oh, he did one of his things and some bread appeared and there we go. We got it. Right? Well, he explains himself. He says, my food is to do the will of my father. When I'm in my Father's will, when I'm doing what I'm supposed to do, when I'm spiritually connected and I'm, 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 I'm feeling all the things around me and saying, I can't do this on my own, I don't even get hungry. I'm taken care of. There's some connection to spiritual anxiety or turmoil. Secondly, fasting is connected to prayer. Always. Always. One of the things that's going to change in my fasting is I'm going to try to give more time for prayer. What I typically do is I'll I'll pray during the day when I get hungry, which is great. I mean, the nice thing about going without food is your body has an internal alarm clock that continually reminds you that there's another kingdom up here. You know, when you're fasting and all of a sudden you're like, oh man, I'm going to grab a banana. Oh, well, actually I'd be grabbing like a piece of pie or something. But, you know, you go... Oh, man, that's right, I'm fat. It reconnects you, which is great. I'm not saying anything bad about that. But one of the things I don't do is give myself enough time for prayer. And when you look at all the examples in Scripture, they're together. There's a sense that there's so much prayer going on that you're so in tune with what's going on with the Father that you go without food. In Acts, they take Jesus' example. What's happening now is the church is beginning its mission. And now there's no bridegroom. Okay? Or no, there's no... 
Jesus isn't there anymore, okay? So what do they do? They've got to send out uh, Paul and Barnabas. This is it. Jesus said, listen, you're going to start in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. This is it unfolding now. They're sending out Paul and Barnabas. It says, when they had appointed elders uh, for them in every church, having prayed with fasting, they commanded, uh, commended them to the Lord in whom they had believed. They said, Lord, we're sending these guys out. They've got to, they need you. But they're in prayer, constant prayer. The two go together. In Nehemiah, Nehemiah finds out um, what, uh, that Jerusalem is destroyed. And I'm prayerfully considering Nehemiah being the next book that we go through after Matthew. But uh, what happens is that Nehemiah, when I heard these words, I sat down and wept and mourned for days and I was fasting and praying before the God of heaven. <laughs> that doesn't look anything like the fasts I do. And so I have to ask myself, who's right? I mean, again, I'm not saying I'm wrong. I'm not saying God stands there and goes, dude, you are the lamest. I've never seen anybody so lame. Don't even fast. You make me sick. You might as well go eat a pizza. I don't want to, right? You like that, Rachel? Okay. (laughs) I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, why doesn't my fasting look like all the examples I'm seeing in Scripture? So he's praying and fasting together. See, what happens is this spiritual anxiety is directed right to God. We first have this this connection of of spiritual turmoil. And, And it might be that we need to ask God for the spiritual turmoil. Lord, give me a heart for my lost neighbors around me. Help me to sense their need. Maybe it goes that way. But whatever it is, we take that spiritual anxiety and we direct it right to God. The scriptures talk about this. Don't just sit in the anxiety, be anxious for nothing, right? Really, that scripture is talking about down here. But be anxious for nothing, but by everything, with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. Don't just hang in the turmoil. Don't just, if you do that, Jesus was talking to the Pharisees. Basically what he was saying was, if you're going to focus down here, you've just gotten your reward. And I don't think Jesus is saying, you just got your reward. Get out. I think he's saying, oh man, oh, there was so much more. And you just got it. Well, I, I, anyone ever listen to Keith Green? I, I have, a, I love Keith Green, but he's, He's a little condemning sometimes. Uh, And he has this one song, and and the line in it says, Jesus rose from the dead, but you, you can't even get out of bed. (laughs) Sometimes that's how we see Jesus. You received your reward in full. I don't think that's what he's saying. See, Jesus is getting all his rewards in this kingdom while he's on earth. And he's going, guys, don't disfigure your face and be stuck down here. Don't double dip. Don't try and get uh, spiritual kingdom of God rewards and these rewards. Forget about this stuff. Remember, we talked last time that your reward, it was a receipt. You've received your reward in full, payment in full. There you go. You wanted attention, you got it. What a bummer, because you could have had so much more. 
It's connected with, 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 with prayer. We go and we say, Lord, I need you. I want you to be my reward. I don't care about any of this other stuff. A deeper relationship with you. Thirdly, fasting must have a right heart. That's no big, this is no great revelation by Pastor John. <laughs> it's like, wow, you worked all week on that sermon, huh? That's your third point. No, what I'm saying is we've got to keep this always in our mind. God is looking at our heart. He says to the Pharisees, they go and they disfigure their face and they do all this stuff. You, here's what I want you to do. Anoint your head with oil. Make it look like nothing's going on. But in your heart, you know you're deeply troubled and you're going to your Heavenly Father with it. Sometimes what happens with me uh, is something will happen at the church or in my life and the first thing I do is pick up my phone, and I call my friend, right? If it's in the church, I call my friend Kevin. If it's in uh, getting cut off, I call my friend Don, okay? Just depending on, I have little categories of people who make me feel better, right? So I call, what do what, what I say? Oh, man, you never guess what happened. And that guy called me, not from this church, but, uh, th- you know, that guy called me, and he said this. Can you believe that? Oh, hey, man, don't sweat it. And what will happen is we'll debrief, we'll talk through it. Now, that is what the body of Christ is all about, okay? We, we, we encourage one another. We strengthen one another. But as I was looking through this week, really what I was doing was getting my reward. I was getting payment. Because what I was doing was going, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, no, that will work out. Okay, hey, thanks. Thanks, Kevin. And the Lord's like, oh, you know what? If you, all right. Let's see how that works out for you. (laughs) When you want a reward from me, when you want to hear from me. So one of the things I was challenging myself this week to do was when something would happen to not pick up the phone, to anoint my face with happiness, and to just be like, yeah, nothing's happened. I'm going to take this issue and go to my Heavenly Father with it. I'm going to fast my phone. (laughs) I'm going to just... I, I, I have this inner turmoil. I want to connect it with God first so that he can decide how we're going to talk about it. Right? Remember, I don't know if you remember, but in November we talked about fasting a little bit. And I said one of the reasons why we've lost our hunger or one of the reasons I've lost my hunger for righteousness is because I'm snacking too much down here. I might do a comfort shopping or call my friend and get comfort or i might do send an email or go on the internet and watch a little youtube to get okay now i feel better and i and then i I don't need it lord i got it that youtube thing was really funny i feel better now i can get back to the sermon right and so god's saying i want something different you've got to have the right heart look what he says in joel chapter 2 verse 12 even now declares the lord return to me with all your heart with fasting and weeping and mourning. Connect with me on that level. And David says this, zeal for your house consumes me with insults of those who insult you fall on me. When I weep and fast, I must endure scorn. My heart is right with you, Lord. I'm so passionate about your kingdom that it's just affecting everything I do. That's a fast. That's what it looks like all throughout Scripture. 
Mine doesn't usually match up with that. I have to ask myself why. What's so exciting is that God wants us. I, see, I really feel like um, Kai preached a great sermon on being called up or being called out. That the body of Christ, us as each other, we either call each other up, like, come on, you can do it. Or we call each other out and go, dude, you're blowing it. But both things happen in community. Right? I really feel on this issue, God is not calling us out like, you people, you're fast, make me puke, right? I think he's calling us up, going, hey, when you fast, Jesus says, when you fast, don't put on a gloomy face. When you fast, come on, let's do it, but let's connect with God on a deeper level than we ever have. Let's find something in our life that we say, Lord, unless you do this, I'm done. And connect with him on that level. This is what Paul, David was saying. One of the most uh, indicting sections of verses on fasting, where, G, where God really talks the most about fasting, is found in Isaiah. Other than that, there's a, there's a parallel one in Zechariah, uh, where he says to the, in Zechariah chapter 7, I don't have it up there, but he says, When you fasted and mourned in the fifth and seven months for the past 70 years, was it really for me that you fasted? Now, he's calling them out. He's not calling them up. He's going, 70 years, you guys did this, the second and fifth month. Um, what did what, you do that for, uh, the fifth and seventh month? Was it really for me? He says, when you were eating and drinking, weren't you just doing it for yourself? Uh, he's saying, no matter what you do spiritually, you're at this level. And then he goes, then he goes after him. But that's in Zechariah. But in Isaiah, listen to this. This is... <laughs> This is the verse that really Jesus called me, I felt the Holy Spirit was calling me up, okay? He says this, is this the kind of fast I've chosen? Only a day for a man to humble himself? Is it only for bowing one's head like a reed and for lying on sackcloth and ashes? Is that what you call a fast? A day acceptable to the Lord? That's what he's saying. He's saying, that, so you're going to, on next Tuesday, you're going to go without food? That's what you call a fast? Now, again, I don't, I don't believe God is condemning me on this issue. I think he's going, dude, it's way more than that. I don't know if he's, God says dude, but if he does, he says it to me. Is, it, is that it? Is it just a day? Look a little deeper. Think a little better. What, what, what could it be? Not just a day to bow your head and, oh, man, I'm so hungry. And the next day, whoo, I fasted. I made it. Step on the scale. Yes, three pounds. (laughs) Watch what he says. Now God is about to tell us what a real fast looks like. So we better pay attention. Isaiah 58, 6. Is not this the kind of fasting I've chosen? To loose the chains of injustice, to untie the cords of the yoke, to set the oppressed free and break every yoke. That means to set them free and break the things that would allow them to get chained back up again. Is it not to share your food with the hungry and to provide the poor wanderer with shelter when you see the naked to clothe him and not turn away from your own flesh and blood? Jesus is saying, uh, God is saying, isn't fasting really to connect with the pain around you and have to go to God in order to see something accomplished? 
Isn't it really to connect with the morning, these people who are broken and in chains? They have no way of getting out. And don't think for one minute that I can get them out. I have to go before my Heavenly Father and say, God, unless you do something, they're done. That's what God is talking about with a fast. Not just going without food, but connecting with the pain around me on such a level that it affects me. You'll see this a lot of times when people come back from Africa on a missions trip. They come back and they're so connected to that pain. And you're like, hey, come on, have something to eat. And you're just like, oh, if you only knew what these people are going through. I can't eat that. Now, unfortunately, what happens is, I know what happened with me, that wears off over time as we get comfortable. What God is saying is don't get comfortable. And stopping from eating food isn't just a way to be uncomfortable. Be uncomfortable and then stop eating. Let let those people around you affect you. Now watch what happens when that's the kind of fast that takes place. Then your light will break forth like the dawn and your healing will quickly appear. Then your righteousness will go before you and the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. The Lord will guide you always. He will satisfy your needs in a sun-scorched land and will strengthen your frame. You will be like a well-watered garden, like a spring whose waters never fail. That is the connectedness God wants us to have on a fast. And what essentially what Jesus is saying to the Pharisees is don't have anything to do with down here. Feel the pain of what's going on down here and connect with your Heavenly Father. We are in love.